Hallelujah. It is so good to be here at North Central with you this morning. Thank you, uh, Pastor Joshua, for that wonderful welcome. And uh, what a joy and delight to see all of you here. Um, I've been praying for you and believing God that this morning as you come into this chapel, you will have an encounter with God. Amen? Uh, That you will not leave here the same, but that this will be a moment that you get to remember uh, because God is about to speak to you. Uh, And I believe that God is already speaking to you as you've been worshiping him and lifting his name high. Um, As you heard, I grew up in a small village in Kenya, uh, in a small, um, you know, uh, for a long time it didn't show up on Google Earth. And now it can show up. I thank God for that because I can pinpoint it to people and say, that's it. And actually, that's my house if you can see it. It's not very visible yet. Um, But when I was uh, eight years old, I had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. One day I was praying with uh, one of my siblings, and he had challenged me uh, because he had been off to college. And in college, he um, met other students that were on fire for Jesus. And he got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he came back home. I was eight years old. I was curious. Um, I was um, uh, eager to, to, to learn from my older brother. And, and I grew up in a family of 23 siblings. So a lot of us. Um, but as we are praying, you know, he, he challenged us and he said, okay, if you guys want to ex- experience the power of the Holy Spirit, let's go and let's pray. And so we knelt on our small little dirt a mad hut, and we began to pray. And in the moment of prayer, the Holy Spirit of God came upon us. And in that moment, as I was praying, I found myself speaking in a beautiful Holy Ghost language um, that later on I realized I was speaking in perfect Queen's English. You got that, right? Um, and so sometimes people ask me, where did you get your wonderful British accent, I tell them the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Amen. Amen. And uh, the Lord has used it to bring many, many people to the kingdom of God. The anointing is not dependent on how well you speak the language, but sometimes the Lord uses it. And I'm so grateful to God for that. Now, several uh, years later, I was listening in on radio to this wonderful evangelist. His name was Reinhard Bonke. Um, as I was listening on radio several mi- hundreds of miles away, because he was having an evangelistic crusade in Nairobi, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you will be doing that. You'll be doing that. And I, at first, was a little startled because I was walking bare feet. You know, in rags, and um, I'm a 14-year-old watching sheep and goats and cows. And in that moment, when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you will be doing that, uh, I almost laughed. But then I remembered the story of Sarah when the angel spoke and said, at this time next year, you'll have a son. And she laughed, you know. And I decided I'm going to believe God. I don't care what 
I am doing right now, how I look like right now, what my situation surrounding circumstance is like now, I'm going to believe. So I began to prepare myself. I began to spend time seeking the face of God. I'll pray often hours on end at night and uh, wait on the Lord and hear the Holy Spirit. I developed this intimate connection with the Lord. Fast forward several years later, the Lord led me from that little village and said, I'm sending you to Minneapolis, Minnesota as a missionary, as an evangelist. And so um, on January it was a 20 degree below zero day. Uh, in 98, 90, um, yeah, 1998, I arrived in Minneapolis on a very cold winter's night. Nobody was expecting me in Minnesota, um, but I was with the Lord. I arrived here and God made the rest of the way possible. And hence today I stand here grateful to the Lord because of his mighty work in and through our lives. And I'm here to tell you, uh, those of you, especially some of you seniors, maybe you're wrestling with this moment, wondering, you know, what is my next step? Not long ago, I was wondering the same in my own journey. I remember I had finished my undergraduate degree and uh, I was uh, renting a small apartment about two miles from here in South Minneapolis. And, um, I was out of money, and my visas, my international visas were coming, were about to expire. And in the middle of the night, I was praying, I was asking God, Lord, what is your next plan for my life? In those days, the Billy Graham Association was still in the Twin Cities, and I knew I had been called as an evangelist. So I wrote to them, I said, do you take evangelists on your team? And they said, we are sorry, we already have an evangelist. His name is Billy Graham. Uh, so we don't hire evangelists. And I was praying, I was seeking God in the middle of the night. And I remember this one morning, at one in the morning, as I was laying there on the floor of my apartment in South Minneapolis, 62nd Street, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, get up, because... I'm calling you to launch a work, and I'm sending you, your work will start here, so get ready to launch this ministry. And so I, I got up that night, I had been wrestling with it and doubting and, and wondering whether I had what it took, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, you got what it takes so long as you stay close to me, so long as you're focused on me, so long as you seek an encounter with me. And I'm so glad that, you know, I listened to the Holy Spirit because we ended up launching Shine. And um, by the grace of God, we've taken the gospel of Jesus to some 29 different countries around the world. And we are seeing amazing, amazing fruit in the last couple of years alone, since COVID ended, we've seen almost 300,000 people come to know Jesus as Savior and as Lord. Hallelujah. In their thousands, people coming to encounter the grace and the power of God. You know, if this God can take this little guy from a little village incognito in Africa and use him... 
I'm here to encourage you to know that he can use you too. Hallelujah. He can use you too. I want us to reflect on the passage of uh, Isaiah chapter 6, a familiar passage. Isaiah chapter 6 from uh, verse 1, um, if you go all the way to verse um, 8 and 9, um, it is a story of Isaiah and his own call, his own encounter with God. He is in this place and in this moment in time in history where the nation of Israel is dealing with a lot of things, a lot of issues. Many have been secularized. Many have lost their bearing. And he, as a voice of God, is intent on proclaiming and restoring and making known the mysteries of God. But there is also a lot of discouragement in the air. We are told that in the year that King Uzziah died. Let's pause there for a moment. Uzziah wasn't a righteous king by any chance. He was a rebel king. He was one of those that did not follow the ways of the Lord. And in fact, he died a leper. He died a leper rejected by God. And it is in this year that King Uzziah has died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. In other words, Isaiah is reminding us that he's having an encounter with God. He's having an encounter with God. And God was high and exalted. He was seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe filled the temple. There are a number of things, I believe, why the Holy Spirit highlights and sets this context, explains this context to us in Isaiah's encounter. One, you see, regardless of what is going on around us in the world, God is always seated on the throne. He is king. He is Lord. And the quicker we come to terms and understanding that he is enthroned and he is sovereign, the better it is for us. You see, just because the world is in turmoil, it does not imply by any chance that God has lost control. And just because your personal life maybe having some upheavals left, right, and center. It doesn't mean that God has lost control over your life if you will seek after him. God is seated on the throne. And just because people rebel against God, it doesn't mean that God has lost the luster of his glory. His majesty and power and glory are forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. In fact, this is emphasized by the cherubim and uh, the seraphim that appear as Isaiah is standing there in the temple of God. At this moment, he hears these angels cry out, holy, 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 three times. The Lord is the Lord Almighty. 
and the whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is full of his glory. You see, God is not holy sometimes. God is not holy when people are holy. No, God is holy. Completely and utterly and absolutely holy. And the filth of men, the sinfulness of the women of our day and our time does not diminish the holiness and the righteousness of God. Nor does it take away from his might and his power and his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. But what are we to do with this declaration of God? What are we to do with this magnificent proclamation by these angels that God Almighty is holy? Well, a couple of things, and the response of Isaiah should instruct us. One, Isaiah realizes in this moment as he is seeing this proclamation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that he's holy, that he's mighty, that he's powerful. He realizes that he has to come to this place of recognition of his own person, his deficiency, his shortness of his own life. And he humbles himself and cries and says, Woe is me. Because my nature as a man is so opposed to the nature of God whom I get to see today. And it leads him to this place of quiet reflection an encounter and acknowledgement that he is undone, that he is as good as dead, as he encounters the power and the glory and the majesty of God. You see, when the world doesn't understand who God is, and when we fail as followers of Jesus to recognize who we are dealing with, the majesty, the glory, the power, the goodness, the excellence of our God, the majesty of the person of Jesus, we become trivial. We play around and we miss out on the power, that all-surpassing power that is at work in our world. But God is calling us to a place of divine encounter. God is calling us to a place of experiencing him. That we get a glimpse of his person, a glimpse of his glory, a glimpse of his power, a glimpse of his majesty. As we wait in his presence. That we get to experience his Shekinah glory. His, his Shekinah glory. When you read the book of Exodus, you know, we, we are told that Moses, he will go into the tent of meeting with God, you know, and he will be in the, in the presence of God, seeking the face of God, laying there on the ground, all face down before the Lord. And Moses 
as he was there, we are told Joshua will accompany him as well. And they will be there in the presence of God. And as they are burning, waiting in the presence of God, the rest of Israel will stand at the entrances of their tents and they will watch these two men go into the Shekinah presence of God. And when they came out, the rest of Israel will be watching and will be going, there's something about Moses. And in fact, the Bible records and tells us that Joshua would linger in the presence of God. He didn't want to leave. Even after Moses had left, Joshua will stay there because he was hungry for God. He was hungry for God. You know, this is the hunger that God wants us to have in our hearts. A hunger for his holiness. A hunger for his passion. A hunger for his glory. A hunger for his majesty. An understanding, a deeper place of worship and encounter with himself. And this is what Isaiah experiences in this moment. He says, woe is me. When we encounter God, it leads us to a place of repentance. When we encounter God, we, we, we relinquish our filth. When we encounter God, we relinquish our pride, our arrogance. When we encounter God, it transforms us 360 degrees all around. This is the encounter that Jesus is inviting us into today. We have a generation to reach. We have a nation to save. We have a world that is hungry and desperate for the glory of God. When I travel all over the world, I see a people that are hungry. I see a people that are desperate. I see a people that are, you know, tortured and um, that, that, that are in need of compassion. But we need believers like you and I that have an encounter with Jesus to walk in the power and dominion and authority of Jesus Christ. That when the demons meet us in the street, they will protest and say, what are you doing here? This is not exclusive to a few. This is a call to the body of Jesus Christ. It is not exclusive to our parents. It is for you. It is for our children's children. It is for our colleagues, our peers. It is for our nation. This encounter is not for Africa. Yes, when I'm preaching in Africa and we see tens of thousands of people come to Jesus and demons living left, right, and center, and sometimes my American friends say, oh, this happens here in Africa. Or oh, this happens here in the Middle East, but I don't think it, should, it can happen in America. We're here to tell you God is on the move in America and God is about to do something explosive if we are willing and if we will pursue him and seek his face. The... Other thing that Isaiah then recognizes or, um, as he encounters God is that suddenly he realizes that when he's humble before God, when he's repentant before God, then God elevates him. 
and brings him into the divine council. Now, he's not just a prophet on the street, but he's part of divine council of heaven. And he hears God consulting him, asking, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? He can hear God because he's encountered God. Often we fail to hear God because we have not encountered him as we should. But when we are in that place of divine encounter, his instruction often is so plain and so clear. And he speaks. He's God who speaks. You see, Christianity is not a religion. It is an encounter. It is a relationship that we get to have. It is a conversation with our God that we get to have on a daily basis. And we are at once in heaven as we are on earth. After all, Jesus said, pray. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are citizens of heaven, living on earth, executing the purposes and the mission of our God on the face of the earth. This morning, I want to invite us in that, you know, we purpose to pursue him with all diligence. And so I want us to, you know, just stand on our feet right now. Because I want to pray for you. I want, to, I want us to seek God uh, for a few moments here. Maybe some of you are wrestling with your own call and wondering, am I really called out to be a pastor? Am I really called out to be a, an evangelist? Am I, am I really called out to be a prophet? Am I, am I really called out to be an apostle to the nations of the world? Will I be able to do this and fulfill this? And the answer is yes, because it's not dependent on you. It is dependent on God. But you need that ongoing encounter with his person on a moment by moment and day by day. This nation is going to be changed and transformed as you and I are changed and transformed by the power of God on a daily basis. As we make a commitment and say, you know, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to be average. I'm not going to be trivial. Come rain, come, sun, come shine. I'm going to seek and pursue the face of God. God is not looking for Baptists. I happen to be one of them. God is not looking for Pentecostals. I happen to be one of them. God is not looking for... Lutherans, God is looking for sons and daughters that get to spend time with him. And this is the call and invitation to all of us today. God is not just looking for Africans. I happen to be one. And God is not just looking for Americans. He's looking for all of us as a family to be in his presence. So I want to invite you today. I don't know, some of you, I know, some of you are wrestling with your next step. And God wants to speak to you. God wants you to know that he's with you. Often when I ask God, Lord, what is your plan? 
He says, I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. And this might be your word. I am with you right now. In your doubt. In your worry. In your anxiety. In your wondering whether you'll finish your four years at North Central University. And in your wondering whether, you know, you're going to get that spouse, the right guy, the right, you know, wife. I left college before I was, I was one of, in my class of college, I was one of two guys that never got married in my school, right? My class. And I had to spend time fasting and praying and asking the Lord. Um, then he brought me a beautiful wife later on, many years after I had graduated. But he knows your path. He cares about it. He's already laid it all out before you. So you don't have to worry. Just seek him. Pursue him today. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning because you are faithful. You are trustworthy. You are God and you are good. And in this place, Lord, you are raising up a generation that is and will transform the nations for your glory. You do not need a multitude. You need a few that have had an encounter with you and are willing to say, here I am, send me. And so this morning as we abound in prayer, if that is you this morning, you're saying, you know, God, I just, I needed that. And I, and I needed that encouragement. I needed that boost. And I want that encounter. Just raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you in faith right now. Holy Spirit, you see us. We thank you because you see us. You see each one of these hands. You see each one of this desire in the heart for an encounter with you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, May each one of us today experience you in unprecedented ways. Open our eyes to see the glory and majesty of our God. For then we will be anchored forever. We will be anchored in your truth, immovable, unshakable, because we have seen you, our God and our King. Holy fire, may you rest on your children right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. May you burn the iniquity out of our hearts and refine us with refiner's fire in the name of Jesus, that we shall be a burning people that burn unceasing with the fire of heaven. We give you thanks and glory and honor for you are faithful. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before I sit down, you know, we have uh, a mission here called Merge Twin Cities, Merge USA. And um, we have a table back there. We are looking to saturate the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul with the gospel of Jesus. Um, and, and so I want to invite you to stop by our table today. Uh, as you go and sign up, we are looking for volunteers. We are looking for reps. Uh, because all of this region, we need the gospel of Jesus. And we are looking for hands. All right? So stop by our table. Our, our staff will be there to sign you up. There's a QR code on there. You can, uh, you know, take your phone and take a picture and sign up. We'll be, we'll be glad to connect with you. Thank you so much. God bless you.